0: Hey, you guys know I spent the last 15 minutes of this podcast in a parking lot in South San Jose while Vlad bought a surfboard off someone? Oh, that's awesome. It sounds like a sound, normal Sunday
1: for you. That, the sound, though, during that period was absolutely the best sound you had the whole trip. Here we are, my favorite time of the week. It's the Friday Night Movie Podcast. I am joined by my wonderful sisters and a very special guest, Dr. Pamela Gurley, is joining us today. But um, before we get going, I always like to talk to everybody and ask them how they're doing. Uh, Becky, you are on the road right now, very committed to the podcast, driving down the freeway. How are you?
0: I am really excited to be on the road. It only took us five and a half hours from wake up until departure with the baby to get organized and packed up and in the car. And I feel like that's pretty damn good for our first trip with a baby.
1: That's like Lily and Jose preparing for a trip before they had children. So you're in (laughs) That's
2: like if we wanted to go out for dinner when we should get ready. Five and a half hours.
1: Yeah, that like, sounds accurate. You're I aware
2: even like you're not even making fun of me. You're just stating facts.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's facts. You're aware <laughs> that I got two children by myself t- to breakfast from like at 645 when they decided they want to go out to the diner by 710. We were already eating our food. And then we went to Hebrew school and whatnot on time. So again, no. not bragging, <laughs> just facts. That
0: is superhuman. That is superhuman.
1: Uh, well,
2: I'm not bragging. But I could brag about it. It takes us longer.
1: (laughs) So you're bragging about (laughs) how long it takes you to do things.
2: Yeah. I'm not offended. I'm like bragging about it. There.
1: I will say going on vacation with you guys has increased my organizational skills. So I'm never worried. (laughs) So you're welcome. Mass organization (laughs) situations. Okay, Lily, how are you doing? You're in the Canary Islands. And you're essentially hosting your own carnival right now, from what I understand. I am. I mean, I'm, I'm hosting like, my own
2: bachelor party right like, now.
1: Like, this carnival is so intense that I had to do tech support the other night for it.
2: <laughs> do it at nearly 3 a.m. Kinner Island's time. And I'm just going to say, like, we talked about this on a previous episode, how if I call... For like some itunes or tv show anything related and i and like it's really important you drop it like it like whatever you're doing like it's a, like a true national emergency and i I'm the completely chloe, i'm
1: like chloe normal. to your jack bauer
2: exactly if right or jack bauer <laughs> i could give a funny description but we'll just move on so and so i was about to say says. oh my god i'm really tired sorry um and so yes the 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 weekend was it is pretty fun. Um, I'm basically hosting a bachelorette, bachelor party uh, for my husband's uh, 40th birthday. And um, in, here in Spain, you say like, if you want to like throw a three or four day party, which I guess happens a lot, you call it like um, a gypsy wedding. They call it a boda gitana, which like those oh, weddings God. take like four or five days. Of course the
1: name is culturally insensitive.
2: No, it, the, the gypsy people's <laughs> weddings are like four or five days. Like I guess you could say, like a, like a like a Indian, you know, or Hindu wedding, right? Just, They're like four or five days.
1: Just try not to insult any cultures when you give the description of this insult. event.
2: I mean, like, I just feel like okay. I don't think it's an insult. It's like a, it's a. They have like four or five it's, day it's weddings. It's
0: paying homage. It's right. paying homage to. Right. It's not making what, fun of.
2: All right. Exactly. And that's what Costa's best friend, like childhood friend, when he called me and he gave me the description of the weekend, he's like, this is what I want for him. And I was like, I'm on it. And so I got like five guys staying from from they all came from Barcelona. Um, huge surprise for him. And, you know, not that we need a reason to party, but right in front of my house, not just two weeks after Carnival finished is a three day beer and music festival with like food trucks and just 24 hour concerts um, and because my balcony looks like it's right over the plaza We basically didn't have to go downstairs to like hear all the music and we were just basically they drank for 72 hours and I got a we had my amazing uh, Nanny who takes care of our son like she came and was basically on call like a doctor I was just like
1: for the grown-ups or you know, the children
2: <laughs> I was like paging Alba Alba co- code red get to Ari's
1: room. change Jose's diaper but,
2: yeah, it was just basically like that. And so she's been in and out all weekend. And I was able to go out with them, like, you know, last night. And I had to leave early. I left at 3. Um, and in he said Because I was like, yeah, 3 in the morning. I was laughing so hard having so Because I've known these guys for 12 years. And, you know, went out with them all the time in Barcelona. So it was just a lot of fun. And everything was all about Jose. And everybody was just, they, his best friend made, like, a 3-minute, uh, sorry, 23-minute video about, like, his whole life. And all his friends are in it. Um, It was great. And so the problem was he recorded it in like a format that it wouldn't play on anything in 2018. I don't know how he managed to do that. And shy at 3 a.m. when I called him, dropped whatever he was doing except the tiny baby he was holding in his arms for a friend of his. Our
1: friend's baby was over the house.
2: And Just the baby. No, the
1: friends were there too.
2: Yeah, right. So he's holding, you know, little baby in his arms while FaceTime with me and like without really having to look at the t- computer screen, was able to tell me to, to like, download this program, new like the program off by heart, help me convert the video, like help me change the security settings. And anyways, he saved the day. And um, that was awesome. And so, yeah, so it's been all that to say, it's been a fun weekend at my
1: house. So, so I think that's a perfect segue into our guest, um, because our, our guest, Dr. Pamela Gurley. Um, is one of the most, not not only inspiring, but herspiring people. Um, she is the creator of the Herspiration brand and the Herspiration Happy Hour podcast, which everybody should listen to. Go subscribe right now. We'll be plugging it many times this uh, during this episode, um, but I, I love it. And one of the great elements of Pam's podcast is they have a bartender live <laughs> during the episode. Serving up drinks and that's, and that, you know, sort of helping run the conversation. But Pam is also an entrepreneur. Um, she has a doctorate in management. She is a great friend. She is um, one of the most creative, hardworking, uh, inspiring people I've ever had the pleasure of knowing. And it is really wonderful to have her on the podcast. So welcome, Pam.
3: Thank you. Thank you. And just, it is just Pam. You know, I really don't do the whole doctor thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, I'm so informal when it comes to that.
1: <laughs> well, I didn't want to, yeah. I didn't want to, you know, miss your title. We can, we'll call you oh. Pam from here now.
3: Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for having me. Um, hello, Becky and Lily. And I'm telling you, I am an avid fan of this podcast. So it is such an Thank honor. You. Yes. Thank I, you so it's an I honor to have never, you. Yes. No, I, I laugh so hard <laughs> <laughs> all the time listening to this. And I even shared with Shai, I said, this is one thing I apparently didn't learn when I was watching um, a few of the shows, but I have to, I, I can't, I have to marathon through your show because I get disappointed when there's not another one to listen to. So I don't listen to them every week. I listen to them like every few weeks so then I can have a few to listen to and not feel so disappointed.
2: This (laughs) is the nicest thing I think anybody has ever said to me in my life. Is so well, it is. It's,
3: I am telling the truth. You know that I somebody like that binging my... you is the best compliment. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that... yeah. But you, you understand where I'm coming from when you just want to preserve some, uh-huh. and it's really, really hard because then sometimes you know you want to go ahead and segue into the next one to hear what is going on. And I think I like both the relationship that you all have. Uh, the dynamic of it is amazing, and that's what really keeps me laughing. Thank you. It is
1: great to bring you into the sibling dynamic for today. Um, And before we get into all the awesome stuff we're going to talk about today, I just want to uh, give uh, our listeners the opportunity to hear about the amazing work you're doing. So first of all, what is HERSPIRATION?
3: Okay, so HERSPIRATION is a number of things. Um, I am a co-founder. My other Co-founder's name is Dr. Zoe Zorka. And she and I came up with this brand. And at first it was just a web series. And the web series we've kind of made some change to. So it's called A Shot of Perspiration. And then from that, I said, wouldn't it be a great idea to have a podcast? But even better is I think that entrepreneur women or women who are in nonprofits or volunteering their time or doing dynamic things who are kind of in the shadows. Um, and just bringing them to the light in a more relaxed environment. And so you can't get more relaxed in happy hour, and it's a great way to network. So that's what inspired Herspiration Happy Hour. And so, yes, it's really difficult to try to run a podcast and make drinks. (laughs) So we hired a bartender to make sure that, you know, we can still have a very active conversation, but you really feel like you are in a bar setting. And so the, awesome. the goal of Perspiration so is to really let other women be inspired by other women. Wow! So well, we consider it a, movement, a lot of fun. not just a brand; it's a movement. It's amazing. Yeah, I've been
0: listening, and it's a lot of fun to listen yeah. to. I highly, highly recommend.
1: Agreed. So, Same so here. And, and you can follow it online and, and all that. Hashtag Perspiration, and we'll and we'll do all the plugs towards the end. Well, Pam, it and, is, and your
2: website is fabulous too. There's great articles and. Super informative, so your website has quite an accomplishment as well.
3: Oh, thank you so much. We do work very hard to keep it updated, um, especially with just different um, writings. We try to not have anything political but really make it personal to what women pretty much go through every day and some things that, you know, when we all feel like we're the only ones going through it and then we look and say, well, wow, I'm not the only one that wasn't inspired this time. That you know how to pick yourself back up and keep moving, especially when you are stretched very, very thin. I mean, being a mom and, you know, an an employee and a sister and a wife and all the dynamic things that women do, it's just nice to hear from other dynamic women who are feeling not so good sometimes, but then finding ways to pick themselves up.
1: Awesome. Wow. Uh, Mm -hmm. So great, and I'm looking forward to your perspective on all the interesting stuff we're going to talk about today. Now, one of the really cool connections that we realized in the pre-show that none of us thought about is that your name well, is. Well, I Pamela. mean, I did. Oh, Lily I did. Lily did. Is that your name yeah. is Your name is Pamela, and Becky's middle name is Pamela, which yeah, led and
0: I didn't even realize that that
1: that your own middle name Pamela, is Pamela.
0: our guest was. Yeah, I share a name with you. Didn't even occur
1: to me. And what that has led Lily... So Lily has um, kind of a mysterious Twitter handle, and she's alluded to many times that she's going to reveal the meaning of it. And that... And and I think now is the moment, because it does connect yeah. to this... To Pam. Si- to Pam. So Lily... Take hey, so a- Pam...
2: Yeah, Pam, just then after, you know, connecting to Becky's middle name, Pam shared with us that she doesn't have a middle name. And then the sentence that followed after that was what, Pam? That people think it's odd that I do not have a middle name. Exactly. And I don't have a middle name either, however my brother and sister do. And so growing up, I was the only kid in, in a family that didn't have a middle name. And when you're little, you don't really understand the reasoning and that your parents tell you later in life. And so, uh, which there is no reason. They didn't think anything went with Lily. So that was it. And so... Um, But as a kid, I kind of felt left out and I want to chalk this up to like our Hispanic, you know, background of like our mom being Cuban, because otherwise I don't know where I would have gotten this from. But I guess I must have been five or something and I gave myself my own middle name and it was Chi Chi. And so I called myself (laughs) little Chi Chi Corman. And when people asked me my name for like a while, that is the answer I gave them. I have a cousin who's wonderful, Shelly. She's 10 years younger than me. And she remembers me saying my name was Lily Chi Chi Corman. And for the longest time that I can remember, she just calls me Chi Chi. It's like an inside joke that's turned into a nickname. Clearly, I've left that behind. I'm okay with just Lily Corman now. But um, when I needed to come up with a Twitter handle, I was like hassling me. And I was just like, how about Chi Chi Gomez? It's like my alter ego because my husband's last name is Gomez. But that was taken on Twitter. There, so is,
1: there is a Chi Gomez.
2: It's <laughs> a Chi Gomez on Twitter. So <laughs> She's I called real, it myself, Lily. So Lily, you know, sorry, Chi K for Corman Gomez. And that's it. That's my embarrassing middle name story.
1: So, big moment here, people. The reveal of the middle <laughs> name. <laughs>
2: The Twitter handle,
1: middle name, and, and with that, so this is an episode where we had a plan to watch one movie. We're going to talk about the Disaster Artist a little later, but as we, as happens every week, as we got ready for the episode, we got more and more excited about other things we were watching, and all, and also I have to say, and and I am so grateful to the people who send us emails and tweets with suggestions. I really feel really excited when people do that and we in general Lily Becky and I have committed to at least two of us at any given time watching the things that people recommend to us so please continue to send those in so we we got we got into recommending things for each other we had other stuff recommended to us and we ended up adding a whole bunch of things and the first thing we added was Becky asked us all to watch and poor Pam who signed on to talk about one movie just kept getting texts for me watch this listen to this (laughs) um we watched we all watched at least the beginning of the new queer eye television television show and streaming show on netflix um which i'll you know i won't bury the lead is terrific um and so before we get into the other stuff today we're going to break that down a little bit and lily um well becky you want to start i, I, no, I just no, no, can I... I, I know that
0: yeah. let, let lily do it because i'm going to talk about yeah. a different show
1: later okay okay So I just want to say,
2: like, Becky gave me the most incredible gift in the world, which is a beautiful baby girl niece. Like, my niece. She's a beautiful baby girl. The other most beautiful gift Becky's ever given me is this show. When she texted me one fateful night, Lil, you gotta watch Queer Eye. And I texted her. I was like, what? i was like oh yeah like i remember seeing something about where they're bringing that show back and i was like i i didn't watch the first one so i don't see why i'd watch the second one and i, I no offense back like you've had this your whole life is incredible very high standard of television and and media and because you know you're it's true you're, to
0: the point of being pretentious where no one likes me
2: <laughs> well yeah okay fine but now you've come all the way around to riverdale oh so, yeah like,
0: oh yeah gone I've, down I've the done, dark hole <laughs>
2: on maternity leave and so I'm like uh, I don't know but you insisted so I like, watched I watched the first episode and uh, right now all I can think about is like I am obsessed with it and be I wish like truly wish I was a disorganized gay guy with really bad fashion so I could be <laughs> on this show and then marry all five of them because I <laughs> Love them, like truly love them. My I think
0: them to come to a queer, do a queer eye makeover on my husband and our house, I right. Have them redecorated.
2: I'm actually hoping that, like, the next step of this show is that it's not just guys, like, that they branch out to women. Because I think that the, the somebody was like, let's do this show again, but make it about heart and make it about real people and people's struggles and like actually changing people's lives, not just like their hairstyle. And these five guys, I don't know where they found them, but they are, like, seem to be really beautiful people who are doing something that's genuinely good. And they're funny and sweet. And I got to say, like, I have shed a tear at the end of every episode so far. Every
0: single yes. episode I, makes I, you cry I, in I the best a, way possible. a
2: long time that I've seen anything like that that's quote-unquote reality TV or, or forever. That is, like, I've been so
3: touching and genuine. Cool. So, Lily, um, you should have gave a disclaimer in that email that you sent oh. <laughs> and said, hey, check out Queer Eye. I said, okay, I'll just look at it. And I just thought she should have gave a disclaimer to have tissue. That is the most beautiful and emotional show I have ever seen, just an impact. It's mm-hmm. great. I love it. I marathon through it. But, yeah, the disclaimer of how, you know, to have some tissues by would have helped. Yes sorry, <laughs> this
0: is how this is how unscripted television should be done. Like it can be really exciting and powerful and beautiful. And this is the the prime example of how it can be elevated. It's, right. it's like if
2: oprah turned into like a reality show with five gay guys like this would be its manifestation like it's just so <laughs>
0: good, right. a good and the only one that i do know that i do recognize is jonathan the hairstylist who is oh. the best let's be honest he's um he if is you guys awesome. have ever seen the the web series uh gay of thrones i highly i've heard highly of it but recommend recommend i didn't realize gay that, that was him yeah, that's him from Game of Thrones. You have to watch it, which is just hilarious. Um, Pam, I don't know if you watch Game of Thrones, but no. whether or not you watch it, it's a very entertaining um, recap videos of this of Jonathan doing these like recap videos talking about the Game of Thrones episodes. But he just kind of like makes up character- new like makes up names for everyone and just has a very
2: I'm, Jonathan.
1: I am all in out. on this. I have to I'm go find this in. right Yo,
2: away. Yes. you're gonna
3: love it, Jay. So
2: one of my Wait, hold on, sorry, one of my close friends that I, Steph, who was on the show, I rec- I recommended it to her, or Becky and I recommended it to her, and she just sent me a clip of Jonathan going strugs to funk, and he's like, that's struggled to function, and that I can't get out of my head, I'm like, I need that to catch on. This guy needs to be super famous. Strugs to funk.
1: It. All right. We'll just start. We'll start using it here. It. I, hope, I hope I'm hope i loud <laughs> enough for Steph this time. She has. So if anyone thinks know. my volume is too loud this time, it's because Steph says she I, can't I'm hear me. Table uh,
2: I don't know what that was about. I got to ask her.
1: She um, says you're not loud. So before we move on from the show, I, I would love to. I'm going to give you guys some reactions from me. I, 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 first of all, I love it. I fully. I mean, the show is awesome. I, I want to go down some of my like highs and lows just of the first episode because we got a couple minutes we can spend on this before we jump into the main segment and so I'll preface this with number one I don't like reality shows I in general don't like real people um, on television. I like I don't want to hear the special interest story about the sports people. I like when creators create a character that I like love so much that I wish they were real and I could be friends with them. As you've as we've recounted on the show, I get very emotional with those things. But real people shows, I've never really had much of an interest. I watched Top Chef for a while and that's and I watched the baking show and that's probably the extent to which I have watched reality TV. So, at a base level, I'll admit that I will keep watching Queer Eye with Allie because she really loved it as well, or with you guys. But I'm not necess- i didn't necessarily feel compelled to finish the entire season. That doesn't make it any less terrific than it is. But just know that I'm coming at this as a mindset of someone who generally doesn't like um, reality TV. So here, that being said, here are some of my uh, major observations. Uh, a, I love the five guys. They're amazing. Hairstylist dude, definitely my favorite. Uh, he is—he is absolutely terrific. Um, I noticed that part of the formula of the show, though, is they do spend the first section making fun of the person. And because I didn't know where it was going during the first episode, I got a little bit anxious because <laughs> you told me there was so much heart when they were making. Fun well, of I think whole...
2: I don't think I think I would say the only um, I don't you know, I don't think so. I would say the only episode that I maybe saw that was the one you haven't you haven't even seen it yet with the with the guy that's living in the grandmother's house I, I think it comes from like like a a nice i don't i didn't see it as mean or malicious okay
1: well um uh, then the first i don't know if them the... feel different but i don't know i didn't No,
0: i i think it's i i took it more as like um and i and i could be completely wrong but the way it was presented more like a more of like a it's okay to like tease and and they mean it more in like a cute teasing way of like all right we got to get over this old the old you and like bring out
2: the new you but and they always you know like, they always say i want to do you but like an elevated you or so, a more modern you. they the don't person, try to so
0: change
1: like, the person so, so that to me by the way is one of the strongest and best elements of the show which is as someone myself who is fashion you know not particularly adept who has gone through my own health crises and had to like revamp the way I eat and all of those things. There's nothing more uncomfortable than people trying to get you to do things, not the way like, like not do things that you want to do in the process. And there's this incredible moment where they're going through his pantry. And one of the guys, talk, which
2: episode in the first episode, I'm
1: only talking about the first Tom. episode still Tom. Yeah. Tom. This old um, guy from me, from Kentucky. No, they're all from
2: Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, he's Georgia. from Georgia. He's from Georgia.
1: You know, uh, very kind of rural character with a long beard, dirty house. And they're going through his pantry and they find fun dra- fudge rounds. I don't even know what those are, but I was like, I want to I date this guy. Those sound delicious. And then in the next scene, like, this you guy would. watches TV all day and eats fudge rounds? I'm like, we're best friends. And then in the next scene, they talk about how um, uh, the nutrition guy says, you drink, there's like this jug of Mountain Dew that he drinks. And he says, we're going to find a way to, you like Mountain Dew? We're going to find a way to make you Mountain Dew that isn't as poisonous. And to me, like I connected on that actually on a really deep level because, you know, I love snacks. I am a champion junk food eater. And part of my own health reparation has been finding ways to create snacks that mimic things that are terrible for you, but are like a little bit better for you, but they're still me. And so if you ever watch on my Instagram, I'll, I'll do a bit called new classic snacks where I'll take like Yasso low fat yogurt and then mix it with a fiber one brownie and turn it into like brownie ice cream. Uh, or take waffles and smear it with Halo Top ice cream. Uh, the, there A lot of them involve putting a baked good with low-fat ice cream. But the point is that, to me, <laughs> I thought that was such a strength of the show because y- y- you don't want to watch a show like this and feel like if you were to be a candidate on it, that, that you somehow are not good enough or that you are a failure. Right. And it right. really does a beautiful job with that.
2: I, yeah, I a hundred percent agree. And I think, and then they all like, look, and then they all drink and his these
1: people. Yeah.
2: Sorry. What back?
0: I the, they're not trying to embarrass these people. They oh, are yeah, trying to help yeah. them like elevate their, you yeah. know, their lifestyle. Their, and, their...
2: And, and I think the Becky's right. I think, I think the poking fun is also to not make it so serious. Like it's, it's hilarious that you're wearing jorts like jeans right. shorts and you're like an older man like that is hilarious well, and
0: it also makes me feel like these guys are really being themselves they're not they're not walking on, on eggshells yeah. or uh, being big. like they're uh, like this is ridiculous
1: i think it's also television but it's not, like, too i think it's yeah. also television and the show needs an arc and that is clearly the first section which is oh my god all these hilarious things that we're going to kind of get out and put on the table and then and then they and then they work with them in such a heartfelt way that's really right. awesome but,
2: but, you know, I think it's also cute, sorry, that at the end of that first episode, they drink his terrible Mountain Dew and, and tequila drink
3: with him. And they're all oh, like, this the, is the, What do you call it, a redneck margarita? Red, red, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Now, Pam, are
1: you going to have one of those on herspiration Happy Hour? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> That would be.
3: <laughs> I don't think so. That
1: would, that would be awkward. Uh, so I will say there was one moment where I've been crying during a lot of television lately, but there's one moment that really made me tear up. And can you guess when it was?
3: How Tom felt about himself.
1: No, no, At, no. No. Well, a good guess, he, though.
3: When they throw his chair out.
1: A hundred percent. When they threw that I chair know. away, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Why, out, why, why you can't hoarder. they reupholster it? <laughs> why are I they,
2: thought that too, though. I did think, I'm like, wait, they can't reupholster it? <laughs> no, <laughs> you try that, mean, that
0: was
1: nice radioactive. of them to throw it out. They should have burned it. Well, I was They it. They're making him watch them. I'm like, geez, why don't they like make him watch while they skinned his pet alive? I mean, like what else terrible things could they do to him than make him watch him throw his chair I think, you know,
2: I think they they go the extra mile on the fact that they really connect all these sort of like fashion things and food things to the psychology of the person. And they're like, this is a present from your ex-wife, one that you're still not you're not friends with. It's disgusting. You need you're you're moving on. This is symbolic.
1: You know what I mean? Okay. All right. I like that a lot. Okay. Well, Queer Eye, we love it. People should watch it. It is terrific. It is heartfelt. It is the perfect thing for this era. And now we will move into our main segment. It is Oscar season. We're not actually talking about a movie that I I don't even – I'm a little bit tuned out from the Oscars. My my general feeling on the Oscars is I want Get Out to win everything, and if not Get Out, then Shape of Water. Aside from that, I'm not super invested. We're talking about a movie, though, that got a lot of press – and it is the Disaster Artist. Um, it, had, it was a Golden Globe winner of sorts. This is great. This is when we really fall down on the facts. Um, well, he
2: won Best Actor.
1: Oh, he won Best Actor. Okay. So James Franco won Best Actor. So before yeah. we get into Disaster Artist... Um, uh, you know, before we, before
0: we get into it, you're just going to mention the fact that I was the one that brought this up months ago that everyone should watch.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Becky, sorry. I just sorry. Like
0: that I'm, if I, I might not contribute much, but I am clearly the one setting the pace for what the Friday night movie podcast will be watching.
1: that, that is Becky is the tastemaker, so if you, by the way, if you want to make a recommendation, <laughs> you got to get Becky on your side. But before we get into the conversation about the movie, I, I think we have, we've addressed the um, horrific sexual assault uh, misconduct epidemic uh, once before. And it's not necessarily something we're going to go into in depth here on a light podcast on a regular basis. But because of the allegations against James Franco, we we did not feel right talking about the movie without at least talking about that for a few moments. Um, and, I, and I think that's correct. I think, you know, if if he was a bit part player in the movie, that's a different story, possibly. But in this case, he is the. Actor, director, uh, the main producer. actor, the director, producer. This really is his movie. Uh, there are a lot of other people associated with it, and that's one of the reasons why I really do want to talk about it. There's a lot of really interesting stuff associated with this, but I don't think you can not mention that. You know, he's been accused of some things that are are pretty gross. He has denied them, or at least said that you know the allegations are not factually correct. But even if not illegal, um, uh, and 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 some of it's true, these are things that are not okay. These are things that you would not you know, want uh, that you would not want someone, you know, to be subjected to or anyone to be subjected to. And um, more so, it's there are examples of the horrific way in which people use power, um, particularly as we're hearing more and more in in Hollywood. So I don't want to litigate the actual case since we don't know the facts. and And I don't think the reporting is particularly detailed anyway. But I would like to ask the question before we get started. How when when allegations like this come against an artist, how does that affect the way you watch the movie? Um, uh, Who's anyone? I don't know if anyone wants to start. You want to go
3: first? Yes, I can go first. Um, I think part of it, especially now, it seems as though no matter what you watch on TV, there's going to be an allegation against somebody and I try to take the objective approach and just look at it as this is either going to be a good movie that I'm going to like or not like and try to allow people to have their personal um, lives be just that uh, because nobody is perfect. Now, granted, some of these allegations are terrible, but until things are proven where he's actually guilty, I don't want to just stop, you know, liking certain movies because of allegations if that makes sense and so I just try to be objective about it not to take away from anybody's craft because there's a lot of things that um people just are saying for money and we don't know how true or false these things are and so I just try to live that same way that I would want somebody to believe in me if I'm if I'm not well if I'm innocent. And not have my reputation ruined because of that, and yet I'm still a great artist. I, think, I mean, I think that's interesting. I think that's look. I,
2: I think you're right. If you want to watch TV or films these days, that's that's pretty much the only way you can look at it, because otherwise, there's not much you can turn on. You know, the, the Weinstein Company, when, especially when it was Miramax, how many films did it put out? You know, that that we love and hold dear but now are they all tainted because their production company was like, you know, God, just like hiding horrendous acts. So, you know, you I think every person has to just find their happy medium of where they can watch what they can watch and kind of be as objective as possible. And I think that there's a limit for me, at least like, you know, I think I completely agree with Pam, especially with James Franco. And then there's other people that from like Vermont now on and forever, I won't be able to ever enjoy Bill Cosby, Mel Gibson, Correct. you know, like I, that, that's just, that's too far for me. And, you know, we, I, I studied, you know, film when I was in like CGEP in Montreal, which is like a, an associate degree before you go to university in Quebec and, you know, then uh, cultural studies at, at university. And we studied Roman Polanski movies and I'm sure Becky can say the same thing. And that's been, you know, a very known fact for many, many years uh, about his crime. And Shai and I were talking the other day and Shai's like, and now as an adult, the woman quote unquote forgave him, you know, whatever that means to her and wrote a book about it. And like, are we now supposed to be like, oh, okay, I guess, you know, those movies aren't tainted. (laughs) So she forgave him. Uh, uh, It's a very complex issue. So
1: so for me, there's something and um, that's really important, which is the part about, you know, the other side, which is. Uh, making sure that people who come forward um, victims uh, are supported and have the opportunity to, to make their, their case. And this is a really pivotal moment right now. So I, I think that I, I also give the benefit of the doubt of the people who have the courage to come forward. Um, mm-hmm. It does. It, it's interesting is that in this case, it changes how I view the actor. Um, I it, 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 it creeps me out. I, it's like I, I can't enjoy the performance fully because I know about the allegations. But I also know, and I alluded to this before, there's a lot of components to a particular movie and there's a lot of people involved in it. And if it was, you know, well-regarded and tells an interesting story, I want to see it and enjoy those elements. And so so that's how where I came down to it on, on this particular um, film. Um, Becky, I'll give, um, give, you, give you the last word on this.
0: So, yes, I... I tend to again want i tend to believe the victims and people who are speaking out and do believe that they should have a platform in which their voice can be heard and that they can seek justice as far as this film goes i saw it before the allegations were made against james franco so i saw it several months ago i think when it first came out like maybe like the first week it was out And I absolutely loved it. I remember messaging everyone being like, you guys have to see this. I have so much to say about it. Um, But even before the allegations were out, just I and I am not going to share stories, but having worked in New York for a while and people kind of cross over, people share stories, kind of knew he was I mean, not the nicest things were said about him, nothing having to do with misconduct, but. Just not necessarily. I didn't necessarily hear like the best reviews of, of
2: him as a person. Him,
0: him, him as a person. Not we're Not sorry. Not even working with him. Just him as a person. So I think in the in the forefront of my mind is always like, eh, this guy's probably a bit of a douchebag. Sorry, that's just like that was my that's my bias no, it, I, and, and he gives and like, off
2: that vibe. Yes, like he, he does. Right. He gives off right.
0: vibe. Yeah, he gives that vibe. So and that has nothing to do with the current allegations. It's just like the vibe I had about him. But I went yeah. to the movie and I loved it. And that to me was part of who he is, his his persona, and then you watch this film, and it, it kind of works really well with the movie as well. Um, and then, you know, now we have allegations against him, and we're going to talk about the movie on the podcast, and I did not rewatch the movie. I had no motivation. I was like, okay, I like the movie. I know what I thought and felt about it then, but I don't feel overly motivated to dive back into his work at the moment. So...
3: Funny you say that, because I just thought to myself, I probably sh- would have been better off renting it. <laughs> but I had to buy it to watch it. <laughs> and it was definitely something. Well, when I first watched it, um, I did not I was not aware of the allegations. But I'll be the first to tell you, I'm not that in tuned with celebrity news. Mm-hmm. Um, so and bad. a lot of that does not come on. Uh, CNN, not at least the times when I'm watching it or Fox News Um, and after 9 or 10 hours of watching the news in my office I tune out once I get home Sure. so so I was not aware that he had those allegations at the time that I watched until Shai sent the email and then I looked it up and I wasn't shocked, I have to be honest because I have, he's he's had different um, run-ins in the past with people and how um other celebrity women have felt about working with him. And so that didn't shock me, but I did really wish I rented I had opportunity to rent versus buy.
1: Okay. Well there you go. You, Ooh, you, you, you played you, you, yeah, you played, played really by renter man show. too. Way to you, way to tie you, you it you up. Just
0: played,
1: yeah. <laughs> with that was with, great. With all right. So um we get serious That's with great. By Renter Man and the Friday Night Movie. And now let's now let's move on and let's talk about the film. Um Becky why don't you get us started with the filmmakers perspective on this movie, because it is a movie about making film and it is a movie that contains so much yeah. lore that is in Hollywood as far okay. as.
0: So the, it's it's about the making of the film, The Room, which is known as the worst movie that's ever been made. You know, it was I don't know the year, but it's from early 90s, right? Like 90 something. 2004. The Room? What? The Room was made in 2004.
2: Oh wow, okay, sorry in
0: my head. Early early two thousands, yes. Sorry. Um, early two thousands, that's why we need fact checkers on the show. Anyway, so uh, the worst movie that's ever been made. And but it, it but it has reached a cult status where it has midnight screenings, right? So I oh, promise no, no. you wherever you, wherever you wherever you live, sorry, look up midnight, look up midnight screenings of the room and there are theaters where they'll be showing it and the theater will be packed and people do like a call and response during the film and they say lines and they there's like a gimmick where you throw a spoon at one point at the screen and it's... like a Rocky Horror
1: Exactly. Rocky oh, yeah. Horror,
0: Exactly like a ra- Rocky Horror. Um, now, one of the, the main actors of the film wrote a book about the experience of this film being made and about the guy who wrote, directed, starred, produced in the film... Tommy Wiseau who's the who's who's James Franco plays in the disaster artist so the disaster artist is the book which is about the making of the film that's now been turned into a fictionalized account or you know a, a narrative narrative version of this book which is about the making of this movie which is the worst movie ever made so that's your little backstory um what what else would you like me to elaborate
3: on
1: i was gonna say what do you what as a filmmaker what do you you think think of the movie
0: oh sorry and as a filmmaker what do i think of the movie i i that was the question he asked you though sorry i I have kind of bad reception i thought you were asking me to like explain Explain movie. movie? explain like the backstory of it because i've seen the i'm like the only one of us i've actually seen the room and you know, I've seen and in my a in my group of... of friends it's there are a couple people are very obsessed with it so it's something that's been around for quite a while um, in my life. Sorry uh, as a filmmaker, what did I think of the movie? I love the movie, but I don't know if that has to do with being I mean I think I laughed at certain things extra hard that have to do with filmmaking process like you know how he decides to shoot with two completely different cameras that have one is film and one is digital, which they can't even light for properly because they get both are lit completely differently. Like I laughed a little extra hard at those parts and at, you know, the production itself and how he, you know, having been on sets. But other than that, I just liked it because I think it's a fantastic film. But what really, really struck me about the movie is that when you watch the room and you hear about this, this character, Tommy Wiseau, he's, really absurd you know and you don't necessarily particularly like him because he's just kind of icky i don't know how to explain it he's a bit creepy but what i loved about the film is how um james Franco pr- played him with a lot of empathy and i actually really felt for this guy and i i don't say i liked him by the end but i under i felt like i understood him and that you could see You know, his suffering and his pain and how this is a guy that just wants to be accepted and loved. And and I thought that that was very uh, that made the film very compelling for me.
1: Okay, cool. All right, Pam, how about you?
3: I do agree with Becky that I think part of it is was kind of hurtful to see because he just wanted this need to fit and for people to believe in him and but what I I was inspired I was inspired particularly in that um, the takeaway was part of the message was nobody wanted to hire him nobody really believed in him so he decided no matter how awful he was to invest in himself and so as somebody who sits and has a podcast about being inspired and moving beyond um, your own negative thoughts that's what he did and even towards the end, he still felt like nobody's li- nobody likes it, and until he heard people applauding and laughing, and he had to turn that into something that reshaped how he thought about his film. I would say, for some reason, you know, I did not really understand the dynamic. I mean, the friendship was nice, but for some reason, I was thinking, is is there going to be a brokeback mountain type of a romantic? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, I broke back mountain type of scene because I just never really understood the fixation that he had. Um, and maybe he just, you know, cause he just really picked him out and took him in, it brought him to California. I mean, his mother even felt the same way. And as a mom, I would wonder, uh, what is your fixation with my son? Why, you know, why are you doing this? And for him, I think he just wanted someone that he could really call a friend and trust. Um. Let's see what my other notes on this. Um, well, in fairness, the guys in Brokeback
1: Mountain were in love with each other. So if it went that way, it, then maybe they would have been in love. But you know, the relationship is a little more. I, I see what you're saying.
3: Oh, yeah. No, I'm saying at first, initially, you know, when I was just looking at the dynamic between the relationship, it was always one side. It was he was fixated on him. That's what I mean. You know, oh, okay. and I know it broke back mountain, but that's what I was thinking. Is, is this going to end up being more of a relationship relationship? But it ended up just being a really, truly um, beautiful friendship that they had that, you know, you you fall out, you know, you move on, but you still stay connected. Um. I, I really did like the movie. I thought it was very interesting. Um, in <laughs> I had lots of last when, After a while, they just said, good job, good job. And that's how they was able to move to the next scene. No matter how bad it was, they just decided, you know, <laughs> we're yeah, just going to let this work. There's this <laughs> line.
1: Uh, there's this line. I think it's with one of the producer type characters. It might have might have been played by Judd Apatow, where he is admonishing Tommy Wiseau character and says just because you want it doesn't mean you can have it it's one in a million even if you have brando's talent
2: Judd uh, Apatow. Uh, yeah
1: even if you have brando's talent who produced talent. the film as well and, and he says and he essentially said not in a million years and then tommy says but after that and yes. yeah. that <laughs> doesn't give up i mean yeah. that, yeah. that, that element of commitment it, that element of it was actually um that was actually quite inspiring so uh, another element of the movie I, that I think was so strong about the movie is James Franco's brother, Dave Franco plays the Greg character. And I think he is an amazing talent. I actually think he is the, of the two, he is the actor that I like a lot more. And when you talk about empathy, uh, to me, the, I mean, the movie was written through that character's eyes. It was based on that real person's book. But to me, he was such an interesting character. And, and at times, I mean, Tommy was, is a weird guy anyway, but Allie made the observation that, James Franco's acting was essentially a caricature of this very weird character, whereas Greg, who's this person that nobody knows, you have to sign on to like Greg and kind of care about him and understand why he has a relationship with Tommy Wiseau and that combination of admiration and friendship and frustration. And I think Dave Franco is the reason why the movie works. I think he holds it together by as opposed to being just this weird, um, you know, the story about this weird Auteur type character the guy that you are are attached to really works and that w- was a really strong element of the film for me
3: did anybody walk away still wondering where in the world did the money come from yeah well, uh, but that's one of
0: the great <laughs> mysteries that's one of the great mysteries I,
3: of him I, I went down the rabbit
2: hole about it afterwards <laughs> and um so apparently he had a, uh, I mean, because right, he's not obviously 19 years old, so he's well, must be in his 30s in 2004 at least, if not late 30s. So he had, he was already like a made man, um, and had a company, um, like a building company, and I assume he was successful with that company, and he's, I think he believed he still has it, and got made money from that and used that money to, uh, you know set up his life or whatever and um and then he since today like in 2018 so it's rumored right he spent six million on the movie and Mm -hmm. he's made the money more than back now he has a return on his investment at least from the film and yeah he has a steady income from his own company i believe doing some kind of uh industrial building
1: i like that that's wild
2: I, and I, I, don't I don't want to spoil yep. it, but he's actually he's from Poland. People have oh, gone. And, really? Oh, really? Yeah, Poland oh, and, how, and then I feel it. like you, I feel like you kind of spoiled it.
1: Poland and I'm then sorry. To France. sorry. You can cut
2: that. You can edit that out if you you don't want to tell people. Mm-hmm. It. But he did He doesn't ever say that. Like he only ever says he's from New Orleans. And then somebody was just like went really really deep down a rabbit hole and figured out that he's from Poland. But he must have emigrated as a kid and in you know then I guess grew up in New Orleans. Uh,
1: so, I, um, oh, sorry, Beck, go ahead.
0: I want I want to say one more thing actually about being in the, you know, working in film. Um, w- unless you know, unless you again happen to be one in a million, and you're able to get a big budget to make your film and hire all the great actors you want, you tend to do a lot of you get a lot of your your work done through favors for getting getting your friends, whether that's they're going to be recording sound for you or helping you know, with lights or playing parts in your film, like so much of being a young filmmaker is that is doing favors for people and relying on favors. And obviously in the case of the disaster artist, this is a big budget film. So I don't assume people were in this movie as a favor to James Franco, but at the same time, when you're watching it and every single bit part is played by an awesome comedian or actor that you just love. Um, I had the feeling watching it of, wow, he must have like gone around to everyone that he knows that's funny and been like, can you be in my movie? It's only three lines, but I would love to have you in it or something like that. So I sort of created that little story in my head of him and the producers getting, you know, this whole group of people together to play little parts in the film that normally they wouldn't necessarily play such a tiny role.
1: I think that's actually one of the stories of the of the film. It was something that I wanted to raise as well. as I love the cameos. I was writing them down. I didn't get all of them, but Jason Mendoza, yes. who's you know playing a role very straightforward, not you know jokey. Uh, Odin Kirk, Hannibal Burris, uh, yep. Casey Wilson, Paul Shear, Seth Rogen, Ari Grainer, yes. June Dan Raphael. The all of those people are amazingly talented. Paul Shear, June Dan and Raphael, and Jason Mendoza host the greatest podcast of all time. How did this get Ugh, made? Hands down. And hands down their, the best their episode on the room is amazing. So talk about life imitating art, imitating life that they did an episode on the room years ago. And then they ended up in the film. And I, I think
0: that's kind of why I think they're like in, I think they talk about in their update episode is that like they ended, they're in the movie each with tiny parts because of their connection to the original film. And I, and I like love like immediately when I saw them in the movie, I was like, "Oh my god, this has to be because of the podcast that they're in the movie."
1: That's amazing. So maybe one day we'll be in the po- in the movie of Pam's life when Pam is like a hugely <laughs> successful person. We'll get bit bit parts. I gotta uh,
0: tell you, I am really not good in front of the camera. Have I got some stories for
3: you? Don't oh, worry, Becky. Neither. Pam,
2: Pam, Pam will let you do something else. You okay. don't have you. I you know what I don't,
3: film. you know if anything I would tell you cuz I did not I filmed but I did not post my last um, episode 4 and you know it was one and none of us was really dressed for that and but I still record because I, in case that something goes wrong with the audio I can ha- I have backup so I can always <laughs> extract the audio from the video. And mm. that's why I—that's the main reason why. So I mean, if the footage is good, then we use it um, for advertising and you know for our marketing and just do well, little clips cool. from it. But from for the most part, it is literally just for the backup.
1: So, backup <laughs> oh, so there you go. So, um, so. Well, I. So to tie it. So to tie uh, it up. What are you gonna say? I'm gonna. Well, tie, I, I, all right, go ahead.
2: I have just one more thing to say. I think it was interesting I mean I like the movie and I think it was interesting that at the beginning of the movie you had known celebrities like I'm just not meaning from like a stylistic point of view and a story point of view that they had known celebrities talking about their relationship to this movie and I can't I keep going around in a circle in my head as to why you know like I, I enjoyed that, and that was a great way to kick off the film. And it was cool to see celebrities talk about a movie, you know, that's not a classic that they feel the strongly about, um because it it puts them like on the same level as us, right? They were like, everybody thinks this movie is crazy, even those like celebrities. And you guys from you know listening to How does It Get Made? you can hear how, you know, comedians feel about it. But these are just like across the board, a bunch of people in Hollywood. And what I think is interesting is that that sets the tone for the movie and you don't need to see the movie to have the, – the room, I mean, to no, enjoy the disaster you don't artist.
0: have to see the have to But, but
3: I think
2: that's a great it. marketing campaign at the beginning of the disaster artist, if you hadn't seen the room, that a bunch of celebrities just told you basically to go see it. Oh,
1: so yeah. it was, Although you know, I have to so say I, now I, that yeah. I think about that, I think that's sort of a little bit too much telling you what to think and but not that's a that, necessary part of the that in my head being like, movie.
2: wait, was that good or not good? Uh, listen, i'm, you know, I'm, that I'm that gonna go part. with not
1: good now that I, you're the reminding room, me that part i'm like why i didn't need that listen
0: all. the room might be fun to watch at a midnight screaming screening with a bunch of people and you're like kind of drunk or something but i will tell you honestly <laughs> i've watched it like at home, I on youtube or something it is unwatchable it is so terrible and it's so repetitive and it's so long so i'd say like watch the first 15 minutes and you're good
2: Okay. Or on YouTube, if, if, if people really want to see this on YouTube, there is a seven or 10 minute highlight reel where it's just, Perfect. Basically just a scene strung together. Like, yeah. And then you get the whole idea of the whole movie without having to yeah. sit through the thing. So yeah.
1: So let me tie it up. We were talking about side characters and, and it kind of in some ways ties back to our original conversation, the first part of the conversation. Um, On sexual misconduct. And and I want to single out Paul Shear who is usually playing, like, very wacky characters that are usually having terrible things happen to them, whether it's on the league or other places. And there's this scene that I thought was actually one of the most powerful scenes in the film during the love scene when Tommy Wiseau is being so awful to the female actress. And Paul Shear's character... That's a great point intervenes Mm -hmm. and yells in a way that I I didn't know he was a dramatic actor. But to me, you know, he he sensed like danger and mistreatment of the actress. And and I thought that was a great moment for him as an actor. Um, And to me, one of the most powerful elements of the film was that that particular scene. So I want to specifically recognize his bit part that Mm. I thought was against type for him. And I think significant in that it also think highlights like, yeah, this is so cool. This guy's a crazy genius, but this is also really messed up people. And some terrible things clearly like went on in the making of this film. Mm -hmm. And so that was a great element. Um, If anyone doesn't have any other final words on the movie, uh, we can shuffle on to the next uh, section here.
0: Mm -hmm. Let's move on.
1: Anybody? All right. Okay, so the end of every episode, we love to talk about things we are watching, make recommendations, give shout-outs. And uh, this is a particularly uh, fun week to do that. Uh, for, for me, I have a whole bunch of things. I'll go through them really quickly. Why don't we start off with Becky, though? Because I know you're you're watching a new show that you're really excited to tell people about.
0: I'm, ex- I'm really excited to tell people about, but... I feel like if you only watch half an episode or an episode, you're going to be like, what's wrong with her? So like, give it, give it time. So you feel the impact of it. So I've been watching big mouth on Netflix, which is the most raunchy, dirty, disgusting crosses the line and then goes way past it by like a thousand miles show. Um, it's a, it's an animated show. Um, uh, but at the same time, sorry, it's, um, let me back that up a bit. It's a sh- it's an animated show about a bunch of seventh graders going through puberty. And that's why it's so raunchy. But it's this raunchy comedy that, again, really, really crosses the line and gets super dirty and offensive. However, at the same time, it's actually very, very smart. And what I was so impressed with as I, as the episodes went on, is how it wasn't just like, like you're learning lessons in every episode, but through this disgusting, raunchy humor, you're actually really seeing the experience and everyone will identify it in a different way and identify, identify with it in a different way. Sorry, now my baby's crying. Um, um, about the experience of going through puberty, which is, baby's sorry, crying. sorry about all the noise, which is um, terrifying and shameful and anxiety provoking and all of these wild emotions that you're going through um so i i think that nick Kroll and john mulaney do a pretty brilliant job with this show um but it does push the envelope big time so watch it but with that disclaimer
1: okay don't watch with your parents
0: don't watch with your parents or kids or anything
3: right.
1: no all right. no all right pam or maybe, yeah no pam what do you got
3: okay it's because i again i don't watch i i marathon or just kind of catch up on hulu because i don't really watch that much tv during the week but i found myself you know i saw some recommendations to watch this show 7 seconds i think that's on netflix, on netflix too netflix, yeah. it's a, yeah it's about um a young a, a young black boy who is hit by a, a hit he was hit on a bicycle and was ended up dying in the hospital by a police officer. And they, they basically covering it up. And this attorney is trying to get to the truth of it. They kind of framed a guy and it's, it's pretty intense. It was very hard for me to watch the, the first episode. It was good, but it was just very difficult to watch. And so I plan to try to continue to watch it. It's just, I think, very difficult in a time where you have a lot of police brutality um, and things going on. Um, The second thing's I'm just pretty much watching my regular shows. This is us and Chicago med and Chicago fire good. and so law and M- order. <laughs> Clearly we are going to have to have you back on to do a, this is us episode
2: because you and I are the only people on this podcast that watch it.
3: Oh, so. and The good doctor. I think you all talked about oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, that. Um, about not long ago doctor. on a podcast It's uh-huh. actually one, you know, I have a nephew that's on the spectrum and I think, representation matters so to me um, I really do like that they show an autistic um, success despite you know his lack of social skills but they are people on the spectrum who can make it and I think that dynamic having a nephew who is now 23 living on his own and is has autism Asperger's actually so I connect differently and I just love the representation that they show for that you know so that's one of my favorite shows as well. Yeah, and his
0: character is by far the best and most interesting character on the show. Again, apologies for the screaming
3: baby in the background.
1: That's cool. All right, Pam, bringing some very deep uh, recommendations. That's really cool. Uh, so
3: that's all that that I have.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, over, over, over to Lil.
2: So um, I watched this amazing show called Queer Eye. I don't know if you guys have seen it. <laughs> I highly recommend it. That's
1: it. That's what you got. Okay. I, I only can
2: watch it's one tissue. new show a week. Like I don't have time to watch more.
1: Fair enough. So this was a big week for me. So number one, as promised, uh, to my buddies in the Twitter sphere, um, at Series Freak Twelve, and uh, who is, by the way, confirmed. It's a her at Series Freak Twelve, and I, did, I was unsure last week, and I got a message confirming it. Um, and at Wendy nice. Fansight. Uh, who I who is going to do something awesome over the next few weeks and I wish her amazing huge uh, uh, luck and success uh, they recommended we start the middle we we started watching it and are already nine episodes into it It's a very sweet show on ABC about a family living in Indiana um, It has elements of all the shows you like where you know You can just feel that the characters are going to grow over time. into a single camera family comedy quirky family but also things you can really identify with so I'm really liking that and and there's nine seasons of it and that makes me feel good that if the show stays good for nine seasons then I got a lot of television to watch Um, referencing a previous episode uh, Steph at Steph underscore Rebecca on Twitter uh, gave us a ton of recommendations one of them was Smilf Allie and I started that after two episodes. Allie was like, I can't watch this. I watched the first season in like two days. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really interesting. It's definitely for people who like shows like Shameless. Um, We started AP Bio, but I fell asleep, so I can't tell you what happened during that. (laughs) Um, And then last but not least, I have an I told you show moment here, a full I told you show. And this goes out to um, Alana Austin. Uh, dear friend from Montreal growing up who recommended the show Catastrophe. I know Steph and other people have recommended it, so they get some partial credit here, but she recommended Catastrophe, and uh, I finally flipped it on the other day as I've been in this sort of in-between shows things, and I knocked out the first season in one day. Now, it's only eight episodes, but like I'm already on season two. Absolutely, That's,
2: that's on my list next. Too. I
1: absolutely love it. I love the relationships between the characters. I love the The sweetness and also the absurdity of the situation they're in and the two main actors who are also the writers of the show, they are just amazing. So that show is like super-duper thumbs up. And then last but not least, there's a show on Amazon – that's on Amazon also on Amazon – called Zack Morris. I forget what it's called. It's Zack Morris' I think a piece of garbage or Zach Morris' garbage. And it's like a Funny or Die series of skits, I think, that that like replay – in like five minutes, episodes of Saved by the Bell that show you what a horrific person Zach Morris was. It is That's absolutely amazing. hilarious.
3: Where did you Wait, find this? Where, yeah, just, where did yeah? Amazon knew
1: that? I would like it and recommended it. So you got you got to watch it. It is so great. Oh my
2: God, those cookies I, are genius. In, How do they know? In
1: general, I love I love like like the shows where their people love them but the characters are terrible humans sex in the city is an example um rachel from friends is another example of like people that i'm like wait a minute why would anyone be friends with these people um i really enjoy when people pull that out and the zach morris is just it's just amazingly done so whoever's doing that it's amazing i recommend that if you even if you love Say by the bell it's hilarious um very cool And uh, last but not least, our cousin David Jove, I promised him that I'd give a shout out. He um, he wrote to us and he hated two movies that we loved, Coco and Shape of Water. Um, And uh, so I love him. Um, He is the man who weeps during Gladiator every time it's on. And I think that says a lot um, about his taste in movies. And, um, so David, I have validated and, and announced that you did not like those movies, but I still love them and they are great. Um, and we'd love to have you on sometimes such a rebel to debate. Yeah, he is a rebel to debate. He's
2: the only person that didn't knowledge. like Coco then.
1: Yeah. He's the only yeah, person. We, we found the guy. <laughs> yeah.
0: We found the guy. <laughs>
1: there was going to be one. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. So with that, uh Wait, Pan, Oh well, sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I
2: just want to give a shout out to our cousin Vanessa, who um Becky says listens to our podcast, right, while she's doing groceries and laughs by herself in the aisles. Yes, yes. Shopping.
1: That, Becky said <laughs> so that. So I love you, week.
2: Vanessa. Thank you.
1: <laughs> so she will just say hi to Vanessa every week then. Hi yeah. Oh,
2: did Becky do that last week? Yeah, yeah, yeah that was yeah. last week.
1: Well,
0: but I have her you. again this week. Uh, we love just love
1: her. shout out to her every week. All right. So, so that's it. If you listen to the podcast, number one, we will watch what you recommend. <laughs> number two, we will well, absolutely will absolutely thank you publicly, maybe more than once. Um, and with that, Pam, speaking of thanking people, Pam, it has been so amazing having you on today. Uh, please tell us where people can follow all of the amazing, inspiring things that you are doing.
3: Okay, so for website, um, it's www.herspiration.com. Also, my business is www.clarkandhillenterprise.com. We are on Twitter at Herspiration Mag, on IG at Herspiration, and on Facebook at Herspiration. I personally can be followed at on uh, Instagram at underscore authenticallyme underscore. Um, which is mostly just travel and date nights and hanging out, if you like that kind of thing. <laughs> and movies and other things that I just like to do. I just kinda live my life and kinda show a positive side of just living.
1: Cool. Nice. It's awesome. Love it is. That. It's really fun. Kind of and, everywhere. You ha- and you have and, and people have those goofy inspirational quotes on on Twitter and or on Facebook. I'm sorry, on Instagram. And I'm always like, ugh, another inspirational quote. All of Pam's are amazing and they always inspire me. They always put oh, me in a good you. mood and make me and like help me center myself. Um, Lily, now yes. that you've revealed where, you know, the meaning behind your Twitter handle, where can people follow you?
2: Chichi K. Gomez on Twitter. That's where you can follow me.
1: And <laughs> Becky.
0: Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at paperbkprincess, and you can check out some recipes that uh, my friend and I put up uh, pretty much every week at everydayoat.com.
1: Awesome! And you can follow me at pancake the number four table on Twitter, on Instagram, and now on Vero, which I'm having some fun with i hope people get into using it the best element i haven't figured it out yet the best element of it is that you can easily recommend things like you can search Mm -hmm. a song on itunes and you can recommend it and so that's what i'm using i'm not going to use it i think to simply just put everything i put on instagram somewhere else i but i really enjoy the recommend function so i'm gonna keep doing it for that Mm -hmm. Um, and last but not least um oh wait sorry the website pancake4table.com fridaynightmoviepod.com please subscribe and leave a review and also I have an official like email address now pancake at pancake4table.com so pancake the number 4 and table.com and so if you want to email and you don't want to tweet or Instagram and send messages and you, you don't already have our personal emails because you probably do if you're listening but if you don't yep. you can now reach us via email there and with that theme music will kick in, I mean after mm-hmm. the fact, we dance we dance, dance,
3: we dance, dancing the in the car,
1: thank you guys for, um, uh, for bringing it today
3: Thanks. thank you all for having me, Thanks. it was a pleasure Pam, thank you so much super fun
0: parking lot. Now I'm actually going into a Starbucks bathroom, so I'm gonna have to sign
1: off for real. Okay. Unless you guys All want to hear right. me. I love you <laughs> back. Have Thank you for doing one. this. Right. I know it wasn't
3: Bye.
1: Love you
2: guys. Thanks so much.
3: Bye. Bye. This is awesome. Bye.
1: So